Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. And you mean the world to Him. Amen? Amen. How do you handle life situations that you don't expect? How do you handle those moments when life seems to be crashing down all around you, when life gets flipped upside down and it's not what you wanted, it's not what you expected, but here you are and now you have to deal with it? How do you live in those moments? How do you deal with that moment when you walk into the company that you've been working for for many years and the boss calls you into his office and says, you've been laid off, here's three months severance. How do you handle the moment when everything seemed to be going well, you thought, and now all of a sudden the relationship is over? Not because of your choice, but because of their choice. Now all the plans that you had, everything that you had expected, everything, all the future that you had seen is gone. How do you handle the moment when everything seemed to be going fine with your family, and then it turns out that your kid has been, been bullied to the point where they have a suicide plan? How do you handle the moment when you're sitting in the doctor's office and they come in and say, it's cancer? Now you're a cancer patient. Now what? Wasn't expected. It's not what you wanted. But here you are. How about this one? How would you handle this situation when the leader you've been following for three years that you left your career for, that you left your family to follow, now says, it's time for me to die? How do we handle those situations in life? What do we do? This morning in John chapter 14, Jesus tells us, and He's not going to tell you it has everything to do with you. He's not going to say you need to find the strength. He's not going to say you need to follow a process. Jesus says, in those moments, it's all about me. It's all about Jesus and who He is. We're in John chapter 14. John is one of those books of the Bible we call the Gospels. They're the biographies of Jesus. And in John chapter 13, it starts the night before Jesus dies. And in John chapter 13, Jesus tells His disciples, after they celebrated the Lord's Supper, they celebrated the Passover, Jesus says, guys, it's time for me to die. Oh, and by the way, by the end of the night, all of you guys are going to desert me, you're going to leave me, and you're going to deny knowing me. And then we turn to John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1, and here's what Jesus says. Right after saying this to His disciples, He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. Guys, I'm dying. You're going to leave Me and desert Me. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in Me. In other words, what is Jesus saying? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust Me. Trust me. And that's your first point today. When life crashes down, trust Jesus. Now that's a lot easier said than done, right? <laughs> uh, think from the disciples' perspective here. Jesus, for the last three years, we've been following you, expecting you to be the Messiah. We have left our careers, some pretty lucrative careers. We have been homeless for you. We have been cold. We have gone hungry. Uh, we left our families back up in Capernaum. We're following you, expecting you to be the Messiah, expecting you to bring heaven to earth. Oh, and by the way, Jesus, we've been following you because you told us that we're going to rule with you. And so we're expecting some job promotion here, 
some job security. We're your best friends. We thought that you're going to make our lives pain-free. We thought that you're going to make uh, us never be hungry again. We saw you feed 5,000 people. We're your best friends. This isn't in the plan for you to die. This isn't what we expected. This isn't what we planned. Cancer is not what we planned. Ending of a relationship isn't what we planned. Our kid being bullied is not what we planned. Losing our job is not what we planned. How can, how can our hearts not be troubled? You see, what, what the disciples wanted is what we want, which is stability, right? We want stability and life to turn out how we plan. And if you look at your plans and, and, and your future thinking in your life, we never plan for bad things to happen. We never plan for health issues. We never plan for job loss. We, what, what do we plan? Well, when we look into the future, what do we see when we're young? Getting married, having a good career. We get married, then what do we see? Having kids. Then what do we see? Our kids growing up. Then what do we see? Uh, them having grandkids and us able to spend time with all of our family and, and a big happy life. We never plan for unexpected things to happen. And even if we know they're going to happen, when that moment hits and life is crashing down, our hearts are stirred. They're troubled with fear, worry, anxiety. Why? Because we're looking for stability in our circumstances here on earth, right? And Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. Trust me. I am your stability. Trust me in the promises that I've made to you. When life is crashing down, trust Jesus. And here's some promises that God's made in, in His Word for you. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Life is crashing down. Life is flipped upside, upside down. It's unexpected. Oh no, what's going on? Here's God's promise. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Even in the midst of this situation, God says, I am with you. The God of this world promises, I'm with you. Here's another promise, Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purposes. God's promise, yes, this is unexpected. Yes, life is flipped upside down. But God's promise... I can work all this out for your good. Yes, it's not fun. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's no fun and and it's not good. But I can take this mess and work it for your good. And I will. That's His promise. And then, Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, Your hearts are troubled. You're burdened with anxiety, burdened with fear, burdened with worry. Jesus says, come to me. I want you to come to me. And what will I give you? Rest. Rest. These are just a few of the promises God's made to you when these moments happen. Do you know why we still live in fear, worry, and anxiety, even though we know these? Because we have a hard time trusting them. We have a hard time trusting God's promises. God, I know that you say you'll never leave me or forsake me, but look at the situation I'm in. How could you 
not have forsaken me, not have left me. Look at this. You, you say you can work this out for my good? How can, this, how can any of this be good, God? I don't believe that. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. The rest I want is my situation to be fixed. That's what I want. That's what I want, Jesus. And we have a hard time trusting these promises because what do we want to trust? Our circumstances. We want to trust our plans. We want to trust what we expected. Not, what we're, not God's promises. We want stability to come in our circumstances, not God and His promises. Jesus says, when life is crashing down, trust me and my promises because they're stable. Your circumstances in this life, not. And disciples, what you wanted is not what's going to happen because I'm going to die. But trust me. He continues, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going, to prepare, going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus says, look, I'm going away. I'm going to go die. But guess what? This is a good news, disciples. This is a good news thing. Because I'm going to die and then go to my Father's house to prepare a place there for you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And what's going to happen? If I'm preparing a place for you, if I'm writing a name on a door of a room in my Father's house with your name on it, I'm going to come and take you to be with me. I'm going to come back and and take you to be with, with me where I am. Disciples, you know how this all ends. It's with me coming back to take you with me. And so when life is crashing down, look to the end. Look to the end. Jesus tells His disciples, I'm going to go prepare your place in my Father's house. And in heaven, what is there? There's no pain. There's no Roman Empire. There's no persecution. There's no death. There's no cancer. There's no bullying. There's no ending of relationships. There's none of that. There's no sorrow, no pain, no, no death of any kind. No sicknesses or diseases. And Jesus says, I'm preparing this place for you. And that's His promise to you too. He's preparing your room in the Father's house. He's getting your your room ready and writing your name on the door. And when it's prepared, He's going to come back and take you to be with Him in that place. That's His promise. And you know how the story ends. And so when life is crashing down all around, you look to the end. One of my favorite movies uh, is The Dark Knight. It's with uh, that Batman movie with Heath Ledger as, as the Joker. Uh, I went to the movie theaters and saw that thing like six times. Uh, wasted like $100 on tickets and popcorn and everything just to see this movie. Uh, but it was phenomenal. But there's one scene kind of towards the beginning, about 30 minutes into the movie, where the Joker and his goons take, come and take over a party uh, in Bruce Wayne's mansion. And uh, they're terrorizing the whole group and the Joker's uh, picking on this, this older guy. And the main lead woman, Rachel steps forward and says, Hey, leave him alone. And the whole place goes quiet. And the Joker walks up to Rachel, and he puts his hand behind her head and pulls out his knife and sticks it in her mouth. And the first time I saw this scene, I was on edge. And I was a little anxious because he killed somebody earlier in the movie just like that. And so you're sitting there the whole time thinking, Rachel's going to die. Rachel's going to die. This is not good. 
Oh no. And and the Joker's just talking to her and, and telling a story and it's it's eerie. And then Batman shows up and saves the day. He shows up and saves the day, Joker goes away, Rachel's saved, and it's all good. Now when I go back and watch that that scene, and that scene comes or that movie and that scene comes on, I'm not anxious. I just wait for Batman to come and save the day, because I know how it ends. You know how your story ends. And because you know how your story ends, guess what that means about every scene in your life? You know how all of them end. You know how all of them end. They all end with Jesus coming and saving the day. Either He comes and saves the day and makes things better here, or He comes and saves the day and takes you to be with Him where He is, which is heaven. That means that every problem you face in life, when life is crashing down around you, guess what that means about it? It's temporary. You just received news from the doctor. Bad news. Guess what you know about that situation? It's temporary. Either Jesus is going to heal you here, He's going to come and save you and heal you here, or He's going to come and save you by taking you to be with Him where He is, which is your room in heaven. You lose your job. You don't know what the future holds. You're you're worried, anxious. You know how the scene's going to end. Either Jesus is going to provide for you, which He promises He will, or He's going to come and take you to be with Him where He is. You know how every single scene of your life ends. Because you know the end story. Jesus comes to save the day. To take you to your room in your Father's home. Jesus says, Disciples, this is where I'm going. I'm going to prepare this place for you. You know how the story ends. I'm coming back to take you to be with me. And you know where I'm going. And the disciples are really confused. And here's what Thomas says. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Right over his head. (laughs) Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When life crashes down, Jesus is the way out. Notice Jesus didn't say, I am a way. Jesus doesn't say, here's a process to follow. Here's a five-step program to follow. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when your life is crashing down around you, there's one way out, and it's through Jesus. We live in a world where people want to believe that everyone goes to heaven except for the really bad, bad people like the Hitlers and the Stalins and those types of people. But as long as you don't commit a a horrendous crime, you're going to be in heaven. But for what did God kick Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden? The perfect Garden of Eden. What did He kick them out for? I see Dave doing this in the back. Yes, eating a piece of fruit off a tree that God told them not to eat. Would you consider that a horrendous crime? Me neither. And yet it was sin. It was disobedience. It was not doing what God said to do. And they got kicked out of the perfection of the Garden of Eden. Now let's do some math this morning. I know, not fun. Uh, But consider, if we just disobeyed God twice each day, okay, just twice, small or big, do you know how many times we would sin from 0 to 40? 
over 29,000 times we would disobey God. And that's only if we sin twice a day, which we know we do way more than that. God says, be perfect. You need to be perfect to enter my house, to be in the place where there's no pain, no suffering, no death. You need to be perfect to enter there. Why is God so strict? Why is He so strict and says, you have to be perfect in order to enter my house? Because if we want to live in a place where there's no pain, no death, no betrayal, no diseases, no cancer, no bullying, guess what there can't be? Sin. Because sin is the root of all of that. And sin isn't just choices. Sin starts in the heart. It's like a genetic disorder that starts in our heart. And no matter how many warm showers we take with soap, we won't wash it away. No matter how many programs we we follow, we won't wash it away. No matter how much money we donate, we can't donate enough to get rid of the guilt. Therefore, it has to be a person. And Jesus says, I am the way out of this place filled with unexpected things happening because I am the one who deals with your sin. I am the one who prepares that place in heaven for you. And that preparation started just hours after this conversation with His disciples. When He would start getting betrayed, He would go on trial, He would be condemned to die, and then He hung from a cross. And there at the cross, He forgave all of your sins. He not only washed your sins away, He got rid of them completely and you are now qualified for heaven because your sins are gone. Your mistakes are gone. No matter how big or small, they are gone away from you. Jesus says, I am the way to that place. Follow me. Believe me. He's the only one who loves you unconditionally. He's the only one who forgives you no strings attached. He's the only one that you mean the world to, both now and, and forever. Jesus said, I am the stability you're looking for, not just now, but forever. Follow Jesus, the way to that place where we all want to go, where there's no pain, suffering, death, but only joy, peace, and happiness. And until that day when Jesus comes and takes you to be with Him where He is, here's what you can know about Jesus. He is the most stable person in your life. He loves you the same yesterday as He does today, as He will tomorrow. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I I forgave you yesterday, but you keep doing that sin over and over again, and so I'm done forgiving you. No, Jesus doesn't work that way. Jesus is consistent. And He's consistent with His love. He's consistent with His forgiveness. And He says, follow Me. When life is crashing down all around you, I am your way out. So follow Me. So today, here can be some call to action for you. Number one, find a promise from God in the Bible. It can be one of those three that I put up there. It could be a, a complete other ones, whatever... Whatever promise you can turn to that when life is crashing down all around you, that you can go to and say, God, here's your promise. Despite my circumstances, here is your promise. And then look to the end. 
when life is crashing down. You know how your story ends. You know how the scene ends. You know how it all ends. It ends with Jesus coming back to take you to be with Him where He is in the perfection of heaven, in your Father's house where your room is waiting for you. And then trust Jesus. He loves you. He forgives you. And you mean the world to Him. And He wants you to be with Him where He is. And He will come to take you with Him so that you may be with Him where He is forever. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that we mean so much to You. We, we know that we aren't worthy of Your love. We know we aren't worthy of Your forgiveness. And, and yet, You love us and You do forgive us. What a treasure that is to us uh, and what a treasure to know just that. As life crashes down around us and unexpected things happen, uh, help us to trust You and know that uh, You are working all things for our good. We know how our story ends and that's with You coming to take us to be with You where You are. Uh, What a privilege it is to know that because that gives us hope no matter what situation we're in. Be with us today as we leave here uh, that we may be strengthened in this truth, not only today, but forever. In your name we pray. Amen.